Millions up for grabs. Retailers closing worldwide. Salespeople losing their jobs. Online sales at an all-time high. Your route to financial freedom. Getting best sellers online. Getting a piece of the action. Learn from the top sellers. Become a top seller. Ecom leaders start now. All right, everybody. Uh, special episode today, as always, because I only bring special people onto the show. Okay, or I try to. Okay, so um, today we have Chelsea Cohen, who is the co-founder of So Stocked. Okay, So Stocked inventory has been such an issue, uh, not just for our company, but it's been for so many companies. Inventory is a freaking headache, and uh, you know if you've scaled your company at all, and you have you know more than a couple of SKUs. You probably have experienced, you probably have experienced some issues. So, so stocked um, is a solution and it's, you know, been around for a little bit. You guys are developing it for a lot. And I know that uh, it does have a lot of features. And if someone plugs into there and does a, a really like connect to stuff, it could be kind of the, the mastermind or the brain for all your entire operation. So uh, welcome to the show, Chelsea. Awesome. Thanks so much. It's uh, awesome to be here. Okay, great. And uh, so let's talk about Talk about your history because you, you've you sold uh, millions on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's right. Yeah. Okay, good. So uh, you have an Amazon experience. Could you just take, get us, can you walk us through like how that experience happened, how you started and then mm-hmm. um, where you found the success? Yeah. So we started in 2014 and we were looking for a way to get out of our nine to five and had, you know, tried multi-level marketing and really didn't like that, but then somehow got wrapped up in another multi-level marketing thing. And so in the midst of, you know, trying to untangle ourselves from that web, uh, we, nothing, nothing against it. It's just not a business model for me. Um, and so we started hearing some friends success, being successful on Amazon who had had no previous experience Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, piqued our interest. And we kind of said, you know, well, if they can do it, we can do it. So we asked them about it. And of course it was, of course, amazing selling machine, which was how they learned how to get into selling on Amazon. So we took that course and got started right away. We actually were about a month late. We ended up buying someone else's course off them with the permission of the amazing selling machine guys (laughs) and uh, started, we launched our business and it took off right away. And so really, you know, we're one of those lucky, you know, unicorn stories of our, our first product, you know, was a great success, took off right away. And so, you know, we quit our business or we could quit our, our jobs and, you know, kind of haven't really looked back since. Awesome. Awesome. Good deal. And, um, did you experience some inventory issues? Like, are you using the, this software in your own business and how, 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 how did you like, you go from Amazon to software, normally something happens, like how, yeah. what happened? Yeah. So, um, it, I call it death by paper cuts. It was all of the little things that were kind of wearing away, you know, missing, you know, stocking out or realizing that you were running out of stock and you needed to airship. And that costs a lot of money or shipping too late. We had a, an incident where we shipped too late and Amazon did not check in our inventory. They lost our inventory during Christmas oh, and God. found it after Christmas. And so we missed out on, you know, Christmas sales one year. And which is all these little things that were just eating away. And so I was like, okay, I have to figure out this inventory thing. And so I got really serious about the inventory thing. Then all I was doing all day was inventory. It was just taking up my life. And so I was trying to create, you know, I found this software Airtable which is like a, I still use Airtable. It's a great software. Yeah. Yeah. Airtable is great, but I it was trying to use it for inventory management. Does wasn't really working out. And so I knew what I wanted to have done and I just needed someone to, to, to build it because the softwares out there on the market weren't working out for me. So I ran into Dan Fernandez, my mm-hmm. business partner, and we, uh, we ended up putting, putting Stock together. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And when did you, when did that idea first start, come out? Like how long has from idea to launch. Yeah. So beginning, I, I would say that, you know, the first quarter of 2018 was when I started really getting serious about, you know, solving the problem, looked into the other softwares. And I was asking people in the masterminds what they were using. And the answer was invariably, we've tried everything. Nothing works. We're just using spreadsheets. Tell me if you find anything, mm-hmm. you know, and so that continued to be the answer. And, you know, kind of, presented an opportunity. 
Okay, awesome, awesome. And then a little bit about uh, Dan Fernandez and one thing that was kind of interesting. Um, you yeah. know, when I when I started uh, on Amazing Selling Machine and started selling on Amazon in 2015, yep. at the time, you know, incentivized reviews were like totally okay. It was yeah. you know uh, FCC compliant. It was like totally cool. You just put in there. You said, "Hey, I got this product in exchange for an honest review," and then kind of the kingpin, like the the software everyone was using for that because it was easy was Thomason, Thomason.com yep. or Thomason.net or Thomason.com. Uh, Com, yeah. Yeah.com. And basically you could go in there and find influencers that were hardly influencers, right? Someone like 200 followers, 50 followers. I mean, 10 followers, doesn't matter. They get the thing, they do a YouTube video and they leave you a review and it was like a couple bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I use that. And so my understanding, Dan Fernandez um, was a co-founder or founder of that software. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's how, partly how he ended up, uh, we ended up meeting was I had used the software before we went and we both spoke at a, a small event called Simples On mm. in Sugarland, Texas, so right outside of Houston. He was a last minute addition and we were both speakers and um, small event. We ended up hanging out all weekend. I actually literally we've been in business for two and a half years. I literally have only physically seen him at that one event. <laughs> oh, so wow. it's like that's how like this industry works. But, you know, I'm, it was two weeks after I decided I wanted to find someone. And he, you know, we were hanging out and he was like, I'm so bored. I need a new SaaS project. And he kept saying that over and over again, <laughs> almost like, you know, so, so, you know, fast forward, I, we ended up working together and I just basically, I had, I had an idea. He knew how successful it was to work with Amazon sellers from, from before. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so basically it was my idea and I lucked out and met him and plugged into a system. He has, a, you know, his team, his partner and his uh, whole development team that he's been working with for 10 plus years. And so I just kind of plugged into that and we, you know, put our resource together, resources together and bootstrapped, bootstrapped the thing the whole way. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, that's awesome. And, and Thomason, do you know the success? I know it's like not the guy, but like how many users did I get up to like, or revenue or like, Obviously, there was a peak and probably after the incentivized reason, I'm assuming it went down or maybe I don't know the history, but maybe you could just fill me a little bit just because like, Thompson, uh-huh. what, what happened? Yeah, what is it? yeah, that's exactly what I thought, you know, because because I was like that I was impressed that I was like, oh, they're still around. They, you know, they pivoted. And so um, I don't know, you know, the revenue, they're very successful there. Um, their website has huge, you know, domain presence, you know, even, even now to this day. So like, that's something that we actually, you know, uh, can, can work with people on is that, you know, as we're growing so stock, we have that as a resource for, for people. Cause there is a whole, a whole group of Amazon sellers that are still using Thomason for various reasons, working with influencers, you know, on that level, even though they're not writing reviews for Amazon. So he, they still have an Amazon audience to an extent, Okay. And so, you know, we, we do, we do leverage some of that, that success. And I was impressed when I, when I saw him, I was impressed that Thomason had pivoted, you know, from what he calls the, their arm, their, their, uh, their Armageddon. It was the worst day of the, of, you know, their business. They were like going like this. And then they had to, they just basically had to pivot back to what they were doing before. Cause Amazon was not something that they were, that had had on their radar. I was at the event. It was an, an, an amazing selling machine event where someone mentioned it from stage and they woke up and they were like signups were through the roof. Oh. So, you know, it was, it was fun and interesting to be at the event when it ha- happened. And then later on to have that conversation with him about that. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. And then, uh, so now you have soul stock and can you like kind of walk me through what is, who is the ideal customer? Like, what are you guys solving? Cause right now the number one thing that I need I'm dealing with, and I think almost everybody's dealing with, are the inventory restrictions, right? The labels, new product, 200 units. Then use even after you sell 200 units, you can only have like 150 units. Uh-huh. Uh, after that, or 250, it's like it's hard as it's, it's impossible to get an inventory to Amazon. That's my main concern right now. I don't know if you guys do anything with that, but um, maybe walk through like what does sell stock works for? What what issues have you guys you know focus on fixing? Uh huh. Yeah. So we really focused on, you know, automating the systems that are currently working and then building, finding, discovering and building best practices into the software. So, um, 
you know, we can't change Amazon's policies. You know, I believe that there are softwares out there and there are companies out there that will do some kind of, you know, gray hat, black hat, loophole stuff, you know, like we're the, not the label thing, the labels. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't, I didn't mess with it. I know of a software. Okay. That does do it. Yeah. And I know some people tried it, but then I think some people get performance notifications or like, Hey, don't yeah. do that. Your shipments get canceled. Things happen. And I go, yeah. no, I don't, I don't, I, I agree with you. It's yeah. probably not a good idea to try and get around that unless you could do it in a white hat way that Amazon's happy with. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, exactly. So we kind of avoid that and we, you know, we're not about to use our, lose our developer ID access to <laughs> something like that. So, yeah, um, yeah. but we, you know, you hear things. I talk to sellers every day. I talk to seven, six, seven and eight figure sellers on a daily basis. So, you know, you hear a lot of stuff. Uh, the problems that we're solving is just, you know, Amazon sellers are very, marketing focused and we're trying to make them a bit more well-rounded and and carry that marketing over into inventory and into cash flow you know we do plan on getting into cash flow as a part of our um mm. our journey our our product journey and our feature uh, in, including you know those types of things um so what we basically one of the things we did you know when we started out we wanted to have a, a very customizable you know, easy to understand forecast. So we built an algorithm and we brought in the first users, our very first initial beta testers, and the forecast was not working. Mm. So it took us, you know, maybe four or five months and we heard, I don't like the forecast. It doesn't really quite work for me. So we said, okay, great. First of all, I was like, you know, after we were a year and a half in, I was like, what the heck did I get myself into my business? <laughs> it's like, you know, I basically thought the sky was falling, but um, we took their spreadsheets, going back to the spreadsheets and we go, okay, what is it about spreadsheets? It was this, it was like, there was this moment and it was, um, I was talking to, we were having a conversation and it got kind of heated. It was me and Dan and our lead developer um, who's from Serbia, so he has an accent. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, explain to me, I was like, I need to be able to go to them and say, this is how our algorithm works. If I can't explain to them how our algorithm works, it's not going to work. And I'm like, please, Alex, explain to me how it works. And he goes, I can't explain it to you. It's too complicated. And I was like, nope, that's it. Nope. We're, we're done with that. So that was when we say, okay, got, you know, from, from these, you know, we had some, some eight figure sellers who were, you know, just killing it. And, and we said, send us your, send us your, uh, your spreadsheets. So we dissected their spreadsheets. We found what was working, what wasn't working, what we could do better. And we reconstructed the forecast from the ground up. Uh, and that was at the end of 2019. So by 2020, that was when some masterminds started, you know, through word of mouth started promoting us. We got, you know, million dollar sellers group started, they, you know, there was some buzz in there from like end of January. They said, we hope you are what we, what we say, you know, what we think you are. We hope you're are what we think you are. We're the guinea pigs. So, you know, we had these guinea pigs from that mastermind come in and then gradually, you know, almost every other time that someone said they came in through a mastermind, it was, it was million dollar sellers group. You know, the other side of it was Titan network. So we had, you know, some of these masterminds that were really just kind of like the early adopters that, that helped to grow so stocked to, uh, to what nice. it's nice. And then, so when you're talking about the algorithm, you guys simplified it or, or changed it. Like, so how does it work? Do you, now it's simple enough where you understand it. You can explain it. I'm assuming. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. So it pulls in your Amazon data and we work on, and we're talking, you know, we talk about best practices. One of the first best practices is not to look at your entire, you know, your sales, not to go, okay, let me look at, you know, my last 30 days of sales and I'm going to reorder that same amount of, of inventory, right? Because sometimes there could be data missing. So what we use is called an adjusted daily velocity. And it's adjusted to, to filter out, you know, sales spikes, stockouts, deep discounts. So we always want it to be adjusted. And sometimes, you know, there's no data to filter out. But, you know, if you're looking at, uh, you know, you can either grab, say, the last 30 days, the last 90 days, a combination of that. Um, you could... Or you could say, okay, let me see last year's sales data. I want to look at and use last year's sales data. Okay. Well, if you, you know, it's easy to remember that you stocked out last month, but 
less so that you stocked out last year. Yep. So if it's, you know, you're looking at, okay, let's see, you know, Christmas, you look at this Christmas period of time, but if you don't realize that you stocked out for a week and a half, then, you know, that data is actually not, not good data to use. So we filter that stock out, out. So if it's, you know, 10, 10 days out of 30 that you were stocked out, we're looking at a 20 day average versus a 30 day average with 10 days of inventory missing. Okay. Okay. And then how, how do you present that information? So now you go, okay, uh, that's 30 days, 60 days or whatever averages a hundred units a day. And you mm -hmm. have that information. Okay. Yeah. So then what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so you have that information and then the next step would be to pick your, your order schedule. Like how often are you actually ordering? Are you ordering every three months? Cause that's going to look very different than if you're ordering every month. Mm. So, you know, you select, you know, how often are you ordering? How often are you transferring? and you plug in your lead time. And those are the basic pieces to, to, that make up that along with, you know, how much inventory do you actually have, right? If you have inventory in your warehouse, you have inventory, you know, at FBA, you have inventory that's being produced or that's on a boat, you know, halfway across the ocean, all of that data plugged in will help you to calculate how much inventory you actually need to be ordering or transferring and by when. Okay. And what have you seen? So when people have the software, because the software is only going to do certain things, right? You're going to plan, let's say I'm planning, hey, I want three months of stock at all times. Some yeah. other sellers going to say, I want to have six months of stock. Someone else says, okay, I'm producing stuff here in the US. Just give me 15 days of stock or whatever. Yeah. So what have you seen is actually good practice now that you've dealt with hundreds of sellers? Hmm. Who are the people that are not having inventory issues? Like how much are people actually having to order to not run out of inventory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the frequency isn't as important. Like the frequency is something that, you know, things that, that the frequency can affect is cash flow. Um, but more importantly is buffer stock, right? Having that extra bit of safety stock mm -hmm. at all times. And so we encourage people to have buffer stock available because that's going to tell them to order before they get to zero. Right. So if you put in a buffer stock and we recommend having a buffer stock that is gauged in terms of days rather than in terms of units, because it's going to look at your velocity and you might need a lot. You know, you would need a lot more buffer stock on your high season than you would on your low season. And so setting a buffer stock in days is going to fluctuate based on that. And how so much how much buffer stock? Yep. Um, that's a good question, because there's a couple of reasons for for buffer stock. So. What, uh, I, we see, you know, on, on the lowest end recommending say 30 days of stock. Yep. And you might think that that, you know, is maybe a little bit much, especially for people who have a shorter term. Now, some people do don't, don't really care. They, they, in wholesale, some people like to stock out and they like to have less because they have 30 day payment terms and they can turn that around mm -hmm. and it's all about turn. But if we're talking about private label, 30 days is is probably the lowest I would go. One, because you have a longer lead time, more can go wrong, right? A storm in China or stuck in customs but, or COVID-19. But the other factor for, um, for buffer stock is the Amazon algorithm. And we've had sellers who when their but when their stock gets too low, they'll lose their one day prime badge. You know, people who have a one oh, yeah, day prime is, badge. Yep, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yep, yep, they'll lose their one day prime badge, and then there's a the concept of of geo ranking, right? Ranking, you know, per territory. Right. So someone in the Midwest, if you don't have much stock in the Midwest, if you get down to ten days worth of stock and you don't have a good spread across the country, you might lose an you know lose out on your ranking might go down you know, in specific areas where you're low on stock, or you might be bidding the same as your competitor, but your competitor is going to get it because he has stock there. So, you know, there's a, there's the, you know, the idea, of course, no one really fully knows what the Amazon algorithm is, but there's the idea that Amazon is doing these things with the al algorithms and the geolocations. Okay. And I do have to just bring up a thing on the, on the buffer stock. We mm -hmm. had a buffer stock last year. I want to say it was 30 days, uh, one product, 40 days and another product. Mm -hmm. Um, and probably another 30 days I, on our top setters only. Okay. Top setters only. They're all gone. We actually mm -hmm. run out of stock 
on one of those. The other one, we're able to raise the price and stop the sales. Mm -hmm. But our buffer stock gets you like so far, we've always set aside buffer stock. Yeah. And it always runs out because it's supposed to be extra, but somehow we sell too much. We do a deal, we do something and then, oops, there's a delay. Like it, I yeah. really do see that that is a really good thing. If you're, if you're having any product that has a high return, a high return on investment. So it's not something where you're putting in 10 bucks and getting two bucks profit. But if it's actually you're putting in five bucks and you're making 10 or you know, something like that, like a 200% return, um, it's, I mean, it's like, hello, why not just have to, I, I if I would have gone back in time, obviously yeah. I would have known, I would have put two stocks, two months of stock of everything. Uh -huh. um, and I think it would have helped out a lot. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good tip. It's a good yeah. tip. And you can split that buffer stock between FBA and your warehouse. So, you know, people could do 30 days, you know, buffer stock at all times at uh, FBA and an extra 30 days at their warehouse. So that oh, you oh, yeah, I never do it. I, my, the buffer to me is like, it's not even at Amazon because, yeah. I, as you know, uh, the, the storage fees during Q4 it goes up 3.6x. So basically in the fourth quarter, you pay as much as you pay the entire rest of the year, uh, mm -hmm. which is pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having things at Amazon can, can be a downfall. Uh, and we've actually been tracking recently, uh, percentage of storage fees compared to revenue. So like on your mm -hmm. PL, how much is that storage fee going to be? And when we started paying attention to it, I think we were as high as like 2.4%, 2.5%. Now wow. we're down to about 1%. And yeah. so, um, it's, it's something to look at and realize if you're going to have buffer stock, I would recommend store it yeah. at a warehouse in LA. If you're obviously bringing things from overseas. Um, or again, store it in your local warehouse wherever you live, uh, yeah. Texas or Tennessee or whatever. So, okay, cool. And then back to maybe, what do you think? Okay, so we have a buffer stock. Yeah. And then in terms of if people are bringing in product, let's say from China, which I think, you know, the majority of people are bringing in product from China. What do you recommend in terms of keeping inventory? Like how much stock should you order? How does, how do, or, how do you orchestrate like having enough stock, not running out for a mm -hmm. kind of growth company? You're maybe growing... You're, you're, you're increasing your sales by 30% a year, 50%, even double. Uh, mm -hmm. how, how much inventory should you be having? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it depends. Some people are ordering every two months. Some people are ordering every three months. Some people are ordering every month. Um, I think the more important aspect is to actually plan out your marketing and to plan out your growth. And that's hmm. the big piece that's actually missing is that people are looking at past sales and they're trying to make their calculations based on past sales only. Mm -hmm. And they're not they're not, we're, what we have set software up for is what we call forecast modeling. Okay. It's actually uh, the ability to build out your marketing. So to say, okay, I'm going to be doing these lightning deals, or I'm going to be doing, you know, um, I, I'm going to be growing, you know, by 5% every single month. And you can actually build that into, into the tool, it, you know, and so that's, that's really, I think that's really the plan is not so much how, how much or how often do you order, but, you know, is your marketing actually laid out into, you know, into your inventory plan mm. and getting those two to communicate so that you can actually make sure that you're ordering enough for the growth that you intend. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when you say, so, I mean, I do think obviously it is important to a degree, right? So yes, you could plan for growth, which is good, but okay, now I'm planning to grow 10% each month for three months. Okay, I got summer. Maybe I'm selling, I don't know, ice cubes. And ice cubes sell really good during the summer. And mm -hmm. I'm going to plan that out. Now, are you going to purchase, you know, June, July, and August? So I'm going to buy, you know, right now, let's say you're ordering before. Let's say you're ordering in, I don't know, April or something because that's you have the lead time. But you're going to yeah. buy July, June, July, and August. And you're going to place that order. That place the order. Um of course, I think if you're ordering, let's say, one month of stock from China, you're going to be out of stock every single day because not every day, but one for you're going to be out of stock for one month always because if you order it, it arrives, then you realize you need it. By the time you order it, it's too late, right? So there, there needs to be some sort of juggling. Now, yeah, I mean, obviously, yes, there's other things that are more important, but is there like when you're coming to people, I'm assuming they're like, hey, how much should I order? Again, I know it has a lot to do with cash flow, but have you seen like a happy medium or something that works for people? Yeah. I mean, the most frequent is to keep 90 days worth of stock, yeah. you know, to, to make sure that you're, you know, you have 90 days worth of stock, um, you know, and, and say like, that's the, the most that you want. You could possibly carry more in your warehouse if someone does have a warehouse, but like, that's the general that I see, like, you know, what people at generally Amazon. want. 
at FDA. At, at Amazon, if that's allowed, you know, some of these guys. No, that's, that's so different. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't store ninety days of stock. No, no, I don't think in a single. I don't think you can, unless you have like a humongous thing or you have labels from the past or. Yeah. Last last I checked, last I checked, my top products were sixty five days. So yeah, you get every single label and you put it in the next day or something crazy. Yeah, because that was just after Christmas as things started to creep up. Some of our some of our guys saw 35 days. You know, there was a some sort of a cliff in the middle of December where all of a sudden the, the limits like like Amazon updated the algorithm and not in our favor. And, you know, I had we had people who had, were reporting 35 days worth of stock is all they were able to send. Oh, God. it's true. You can't keep that much stock anymore. Yeah. So what do you have? Do you work with any partners like warehouses? So if someone's like, oh, I need to store stuff in L.A. Or do you do you have a set of, you know, warehouses or three PLs that you normally recommend to people? We've started to compile a list and it's kind of a, a community sourced list. So we haven't personally um, vetted them, but we have sellers who have recommended. And then as we've gotten more data, like we've created a spreadsheet, we want to get more detailed with the spreadsheet. And really, you know, it'd be great to have people be able to write reviews about their experience because we did have someone who did share experience that there was one warehouse that people were actually leaving. Mm. You know, we had a, a lot of Titan members leaving a specific warehouse. And so I made a note on there. It's like, you know, here's a little disclaimer. Someone in the community has yeah. said this, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, but we do work with, there was one we work with, it's not in LA, is is Hanu. Uh, worldwide. Uh, Afulabi runs that. He has been in the industry sourcing and, and warehousing for 20 plus years. And his business partner, you may know is Norm Farrar. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we've worked with him, him a bit. That's where we're keeping our stuff. Our, our other warehouse in LA actually ended up shutting down, but we discovered that they were, they were doing major fee gouging. So that's another, another aspect that down the road we want to get into is analyzing your warehousing and your warehousing fees and really educating people on, you know, how, how many ways the warehouse can, can screw you or how many ways you can reorganize your, even your carton size. If you're, you know, you've got six units per carton and you, and, and, and you upgrade to 10 units per carton on a per carton fee basis, your fees are then, you know, mm. making more profit. So those are the types of things that we're, we're very in a geeky way, very interested in doing is, you know, educating people. And that's it getting into logistics modeling, you know, modeling out how much would I save if I just changed this one thing? If I just changed how many units were in every single carton, how much would that save me on an annual basis? I never, I never thought about that, right? And that's if you're having a 3PL receive the stuff, which they charge you per carton. Exactly. They'll charge you sometimes to check in, to, to pull, to label, like all of those fees add up. And, you know, and, and then the, how are they charging you for labor? We found that was this one we found, uh, I looked at an invoice and we saw that we were being charged $40, $40 per hour for labor, but they were not charging it in 15 minute increments. So they pulled five cartons and charged us $40 for labor. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. So that's when I, that's the, that's when I go, okay, we got to get a webinar closed. on this. They're closed. They're, they, cl- they shut down. So yeah, there you go. We need to, you know, yeah. don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere that's been shut down. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Okay, good. So, um, awesome. So that's a three uh, PL list. You're compiling a list and in there, and you're saying the community, you guys have a community for soul stock users or, or what is it that, uh, what community yeah. are you talking about there? Yeah. So, so the so stock users, um, are, yeah, we have a, a private group for, for all so stock users. And so a lot of logistics conversations happen in there. Uh, people asking questions about, you know, check-in times and, and, uh, 3PL and things like that. That's good. That's helpful. And you, you have no public facing group. Is that correct? Not at this time. We have considered maybe opening it up for that, um, but we haven't we haven't done that yet. I don't know. It may, may make sense too, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I I should open up some community. I got no community. I just yeah. I just go do the podcast and I have the software. I, I need the community to be honest. I really do. Yeah, but- communities do take work though. You know, you gotta you gotta be there and you know because people will tag you or ask questions, so you gotta be ready for it. So you know, if, as long as you have the bandwidth, or at least you have someone who can kind of support cool cool and then okay so that's forecasting so forecasting modeling on yeah. tells you what to order and so stocked what about yeah. and honestly one thing we've had some issues with and we're probably starting to build some sort of internal tool for this but it is actually 
placing the orders with the suppliers. At this point, we've, you know, we're at over 500 SKUs. It gets really crazy. Just the ordering alone. We have a person full time that doesn't have enough hours in a day just to place orders and uh -huh. like any orders. And so one thing we did recently before we kind of just the orders were placed by email. And then it yeah. was like, what order? And it got really absolutely insane. It was terrible. We lost yeah. units here. We didn't know this. How many do we have ordered? We double order. There were so many issues with ordering. Yeah. So what, I'm just telling you what we did. We switched it over and like we have um, a PO number that we create. And yeah. unless you have a PO number, no supplier has okay to make any production. So mm -hmm. then uh, over in the finance, we get that created approved it has a po number now that is approved for production and then it goes out from our system from a specific email and mm -hmm. that's when something's approved for production uh through email was a total disaster yeah. um do you guys do anything and, and again the answer might be no but like in terms of placing orders and actually creating the orders like instead of just getting yeah. the pi like they get you get the pi right the performa uh invoice from the supplier and then you go like that's okay or then you format it or Anyway, let's walk through that in case yeah. someone is having problems like me. Yeah, so we have order tracker because that was this that was the same thing, the, you know, same problem. We actually have, you know, the the, the PO is created. So you get your forecast um, or your, your order forecast or your transfer forecast, and you can click a button and it'll create the PO with a, a click of a button. It'll build the PO for you. You have your, your cost in there, so it will update what the cost is. If you've got your payment terms, it'll tell you, you know, what the payment terms are. So you've got 30% due on this day and you've got 70% due on that day. And, you know, you can put a PO number in there. You can actually sign, you can do a little signature. We've got a little signature pad on there. Um, and then you can email it directly from the system. And then it, and then we have a Kanban view, which is the order tracker, which gives you a card for each purchase order you know, gives what, what's in that purchase order, when is it going to end, you know, finish production, when is it going to arrive at its final destination, what's the value of it, um, when it moves to en route, it's got little icons for like whether it's moving by air, moving by sea, um, and, uh, and then where is it going, you know, what warehouse is it going to, or is it going directly to Amazon, and they'll have, you know, different icons in every single vendor or, you know, supplier is going to be color coded, so you can see at a glance, you know, all of the, all of the different uh, the different POs per supplier. And then there's a filtering system where if you want to filter for certain suppliers or filter for, you know, what, which POs are going to be landing in the next 15 days, you can filter for just that. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, fair, fairly robust at, at this point. And then we have a, an kind of more of a, an Excel grid view of, of all of your, your shipments as well. Okay. Nice. Nice. Good. I mean, yeah. that's, that sounds pretty good. Now what happens like if you have a PO, uh, right purchase order you're saying hey we are buying these many units and the supplier goes hey sorry uh the chinese rmb um you know the dollar has lost its some value and or our cost of stainless steel went up or blah 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 mm -hmm. and they're like we we can't accept it at this price what do you yeah. do you just go in you would go into the po and then you would just update to the new price and it would update the po um to to the new rate Okay. And then I guess it sends out again, it gets sent out again. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can send it out again. Yeah. And you can email it directly from the system. Okay. And have you worked out permissions in the system? Like, uh, you know, admin role or people who can make POs? Right. We stuff? have, we have team, we have, you know, the ability to invite different team members. We don't have permissions yet. We will be moving into doing specific permissions once we, before we do the cash flow, Cause you know, once we finish up a couple of main details will be getting into cash flow. So of course you want permissions before everyone yeah. can see your cash Absolutely. flow. I am with you. We're in a similar yeah. situation, by the way, in Samurai Seller. We, I mean, yeah. we don't have permissions yet worked out. We have somebody working on it. It's going to yeah. come out soon. Yeah. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand software. It's yeah. an interesting thing, right. Cause there's so many people who want different things and you got to like pick and choose. Cause there's only so many, so much. Yeah. Development, so Exactly. Um, my my favorite line is it's on our roadmap. <laughs> yeah, it's on the roadmap. Oh my gosh, I know the roadmap yeah. in, in 2030. So yeah. um, okay. So tell me what what are like the best features, right? So you've 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 obviously surveyed some different uh softwares that do inventory planning and inventory management. What have you successfully finished building that people love or or what that you love, you know what I mean, for this in, in this field? Yeah, so um people really like our min-max restocking. So, you know, it, there's a lot of entrepreneurs like to keep tasks for longer than they should. 
because they don't systemize things, right? Mm -hmm. They go, oh, it's on gut feel, or I have to look at it and tell you, you know, what I think. You're not going to scale if you don't systemize, right? It's the McDonald's, you know, the whole McDonald's thing, you know, you have to tell them, you know, which button to push. So min max restocking, I actually learned about it when I went to um, a warehouse that prints books and mass and they print books on demand. And so they keep big spools of paper and they keep huge vats of ink and they have it all on a wait, waiting system. And they say, you know, when it gets down to this amount, this weight, we are going to restock it up to the top of this weight. And then when it gets down to this weight, we're going to restock it to the top. And so that's what the min max restocking is, is that you set your, you know, you could say transfer, you know, we have it for the transfer and for the order. It's more successful in the transferring, but you could set, you know, your transfer to my minimum is 30 days of stock at Amazon. My maximum is 90 days of stock. I stock up to 90 days. I sell through to 30 days. If I have, if it takes 15 days for my inventory to arrive, then by 45 days before zero, mm -hmm. I'm being told to transfer so that by, you know, by 30 days, it's actually arriving and then I'm back up to 90. Nice. So that's, you know, something that, that you can now give that job to a VA, you know, to, okay, you know, everything is set. This is how it's supposed to be. This is, the, you know, how it functions and set that, you know, to your VA. Um, the other feature that people really liked was your, my, our IPI limits. We pull the max ship quantity from Amazon on a daily basis so that we tell you, you can click a button and say, use IPI limits so that we're not telling you to ship oh, more than Hold on, hold on. IPI limits. Is Restock. that ASIN, ASIN quality or is that a different kind of ASIN quantity limits? Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Your, your the ASIN. labels are available to print? Yes, your ASIN restock oh, limits. Yeah. Oh, so we're that's that. getting interesting. Okay. Yep, I, don't think, yep. I don't think we have that, right? I don't think we're using that. I don't, yeah. I don't think we have anything that does that. So you can yeah. just, has all your ASINs listed and it'll say like, this is how many labels you can make on each one? Yeah. Yeah. So oh. it'll, yeah. So it'll say like, you know, so if you're normally, if you wanted to say 90 days, but you had your, your, you know, use IPI limit, instead it's going to say, okay, well, you can only send, you know, 16 days. And so it's going to, it's going to give you, you know, on, it's going to scale down per carton, right? So if you can send a hundred and, you know, 65 or 67 units, but you know, your cartons are in cartons of say, you know, 25, it would be 150 units that you would be able to send, give you those, those, um, you know, tell you to, to send that. And then it would reset and recalculate your shipping always based on the new max ship quantity. Okay. And then, when you say use IPI limit, you're making the labels automatically? We're not making the labels automatically. We're making the okay. recommendation based on it. Okay. So what, what do you mean use? What does it mean use the IPI limit? Meaning that when you're, when you're sending to the warehouse how much they're supposed to ship for you, you're sending below okay, the okay. max In ship. Stock, it, it's, it knows I'm, you're sending in 150 and then mm -hmm. like that's reserved. But that the right. amount that it's saying it's only going to give you up to the amount of labels you can create, correct? Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a new, you know, as soon as we heard the announcement, we started digging in. and it's actually not even in the reports. We had to actually look and there's a lot of, you know, you, as you probably know, there's a lot of data in there that they don't put into the reports. So we mm -hmm. found it and that was one of our projects that kind of sidelined some of the other things that we wanted to do uh, temporarily but was a huge, huge appeal for people who were having a hard time uh, with that because they would go and make labels and, and then they would reject them. Mm, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I really like that feature. I think people need to know how many labels you have. Have you figured yeah. out at all <clears throat> what is the Amazon's algorithm to tell you how many labels you can print, how many units you can send to Amazon? We, we haven't. It is the mm -hmm. most weird thing. It seems like you sell this many units in seven days. It might be like this day, starting day. Because the 35 days is basically great. You have 70, 35 days of sale. But if you have 10 days of sale, you're out of stock. Then it starts getting crazy. Do you have any insight at all that you've seen that kind of is predictable at all? I mean, there's, yeah, there's some stuff that, that just, you know, that baffles me. Like people saying they sell thousands of units a day and they're allowed to sell send in hundreds. Some of that stuff baffles me, but there are a couple of insights. One thing is that if you're stocked out, then, you know, Amazon is not using an adjusted velocity like we are. They're not removing stock out. They're looking at your total, you know, say 30 days of sales and they're basing, you know, your, your, uh, 
you know, the allowable inventory on those sales. So if you stock out and you're not making sales, then it's going to affect your restock limit. However, if you switch to FBM, that's going to help to, to retain some of that limit. Those sales are going to count towards your restock. Good. So that, that was what that, we were that was, like, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Yeah. If you have FBM sales, we're actually going to try that now. If you have mm -hmm. FBM, you're making sales, that will actually be okay to have you send in mm -hmm. units because the limit is by ASIN, not by SKU, I'm guessing. It's an ASIN limit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's right. So, so that was one of the things that we asked. We did a survey in our group and there was, you know, one of our sellers said, yeah, I, I just did it. They, you know, my limit went up because, you know, I, my sales, it was just at the start of the Christmas season, his sales were going up. So even though he was FBM, he stocked out at Amazon, kept FBM and his limit went up. Mm. So they are using both pieces of data. So we advised everyone, I was doing, you know, webinars and we were saying, get your fulfillment centers open. I don't care if you don't think you're going to use it, have it available. Yeah. Because, you know, it's better to, even if your margins are going, are bad, you know, even if your margins are, you know, if it, if you're not making as much money, you're, if you don't do that, you're leading yourself to a dwindling spiral of stock out. Yes. Yes. Okay. FBM. We're definitely going to get on that for sure. Yeah. I wonder, and yeah. here's me just going crazy. Sometimes I like, I like doing crazy things sometimes. Okay. But uh -huh. you set up FBM. Yeah. And then you have it kind of fulfilled by, you, you set it to be like seven days to ship or let's say 14 days. Cause you can set that, right? Like it will ship in 14 days. Yeah. Then that inventory arrives to Amazon. Then you fulfill from Amazon mm -hmm. and then you make more labels like I'm just saying, and for people who don't have a warehouse, it might be a smart way, smart or not smart, depending yeah. on depending on your risk tolerance. But we've done yeah. things like that where we know this shipment's gonna come in to Amazon in mm -hmm. four days. We're out of stock. We say, hey, you know, it's a ten day shipping uh, handling time, and then we've made yeah. it happen. One one time, it didn't arrive on time, and we had to cancel orders, and it's a big disaster. So I recommend if you're gonna do it, have a backup plan. But I don't know. I mean, it's an idea. If you only have one warehouse and say you're you're out of country, you don't have a place and say you're going to ship it in, you know, 20 days and at least yeah. people can order and your labels don't totally stop. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm saying, hey, if you're down for that risk, uh, I, I like what Ben Cummins says, which is uh, your business, your choice, right? It's at least a choice. You make the choice. It's not me. I'm not liable. Look, I'm, I, I'm not saying <laughs> that won't affect your business. You're but, saying it's an idea. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying if you're in a tight spot, that might be a way to keep FBM on, which mm -hmm. I may yeah. or may not try one time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Um, one other tip that we learned in this process. Um, I was working with this. Uh, one of the things that happened. Okay. I turned on NARF for one of my products mm -hmm. and. Oh, guys, NARF, North American remote fulfillment. It means you're shipping things from Mex uh, from the U.S. going into Mexico or going to Canada, which by the way, I just want to say anybody in using that program, the fees that you see inside the management inventory are wrong. Do not look at those, that little blue thing. They're big. They're wrong. You need to go into your, your, your payments report and see because the fees are drastically higher. We actually sold probably for a month or two on Mexico and literally lost money the entire time because we didn't know the fees were way higher than the dashboard. So fine. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead about the yeah. And they'll turn on your ads without you realizing it too. That was one thing that happened where I was like losing money. I'm like, what the heck happened? They turned on my ads. So I turned them off. Um, so why turned it on and just see what happened? Cause you know, we had tried before and we weren't really, you know, just, uh, just curious. And so my, so my slow moving products, nothing really happened. I lost the restock limits on my high, faster moving products. I thought that was weird. You know, I, in the U S yeah, I lost. So I was used to seeing my restock limits, um, automatically in specific sections of so stock. So I thought, well, is so stock having a problem. No, I checked and I downloaded the, the report in Amazon and they were gone in Amazon seller central too. So I kind of noted that that's kind of weird. And then a couple of days later, I'm on with one of the sellers and I'm noticing his restock limits on one of his products. The, the max ship, the restock limit was 5,000. He, he had 3000 units yet it said he had 6,000 units. Mm. So he should have been able to send in 2,000 and he, they were saying he was overstocked by, by 1,000. Mm. So what they're doing, what the, what the algorithm is doing, it's counting the US and Canada 
and doubling the inventory because you because they always say you have it available in the US and Canada. So they're actually double counting, mm. which is why we've had to do some things in terms of of grouping. We we do specialized grouping when people are part of, you know, the NARF program isn't or the same, isn't it the same inventory? So like if I have yeah. a thousand US, it's a thousand US and then a thousand Canada. So it's only it's only one thousand units, it's not two thousand exactly. units. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep, it's a glitch in their algorithm. So we were advising people to turn off. Oh, no. Yeah. So if you're, if you're, if it's not making sense to you, why you can't send an inventory and you're using NARF, that could be happening. It wasn't happening I'm gonna do that right now, right after this call. I'm going to be like, Hey guys, check out this NARF. It could be totally screwing us. Yeah. That's and it, and it wasn't happening with every skew. Like we looked at some of his other skews and it was, but, but any skew that it was happening with was a high velocity skew. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause so, we, I mean, we have some products that sell pretty well in Mexico. So I'm assuming mm -hmm. that might count for those. Okay. That's a really good tip. Yeah. That's good. We didn't see it. We didn't see it happening with Mexico. Like it wasn't tripling. So it might, it was definitely us and Canada. So it might not be Mexico as well. Just check it out and see, you know, but that's something to kind of keep an eye out for. Uh, one, one thing I have a question actually on NARF. So mm -hmm. how do you, is there any like API side information of which inventory is NARF and which inventory is not NARF because in like it shows active inventory the SKU is the same SKU but you could send an inventory in that SKU directly to Canada and it's not NARF how do you identify a product as NARF or not NARF inside of the system I mean the only way that we really would be able to do it is is by seeing what Amazon saying the inventory is so like in what on a report on a page on how do you yeah there should be there should be a report an inventory report um I would just look in some of the inventory the inventory reports maybe a daily inventory report we port that information in so we actually have different line items and we've actually just because of Brexit we've we've restructured you know because we always structured so that you could uh put Europe as you know, you had individual countries, but you could actually group Europe together yeah. so that the inventory is all counted and the velocity is counted the same. Um, so we have specialized grouping and some people are grouping the U.S. and Mexico and then keeping Canada separate. And that grouping, you can make that grouping inside of SoStock. Why, why, so that why, is that a specific reason? A specific reason? People because, have? yeah, some people send inventory to Canada. And so they don't include for somehow, I'm not sure how they do it in the system. They send inventory to Canada and then they use the NARF program for anything for Mexico. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. I mean, Canada has more volume, I believe, than Mexico. Mexico is kind of, kind of tiny. Yep. I think from yeah. Amazon perspective. That's, okay. that's what I've seen. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, okay. Awesome. So uh, we have just a little bit more time here. Um, mm -hmm. Any other little little tips this narf thing is it's a big deal i mean it could it could be affecting a lot of people what uh -huh. other like have you seen other little glitches or or um people you know being able to keep yeah. inventory or things like that mm -hmm. yeah i mean i haven't seen i don't know about any other you know glitches but the you know planning out your marketing that's that's a big one that we you know that we like to talk about um a lot and oh um Inventory timeline, that's something that we have inside of SoStock. And I recommend everyone to put together an inventory timeline, at least for their, their fast moving products. What is that exactly? So, yeah, so it's a it's a daily count of, of your inventory. So you can track your um, you can track your warehouse, you can track, you know, your inventory. So you can see on a daily basis as you're, you know, based on your velocity, you can actually see what your inventory levels will be at any given time when, and then you can plan out, you know, when is an order going to arrive? So you can actually give a whole visual of on a daily basis, what is happening with every single SKU. So you can see, you know, if you can go down, go down and you say, okay, well, there's going to be a stock out here, or my order is going to arrive on this date, or I need to transfer on this date. And so it actually just gives a visual of, you know, your, your the entire history of your SKU and that, we have that for the entire year. So, you know, you can even plan out, uh, you know, plug in your prime day, you know, what you think you're going to do for prime day. And you can see, you know, okay, so th that's, you know, those two days, my sales are going to go up, you know, and so it just basically, it just gives you a visual of everything that's going to happen, because sometimes you make these changes, and you don't know why you're being told to order. And so, you know, you go through the timeline, you go, oh, okay, that's right, because I was going to do that Mother's Day sale. So I need to order early, because I don't have enough to cover that. 
Okay, great, great, awesome. Okay, good. And then uh, for people to, that want to try out the, the software still stocked, um, you know, maybe they're using nothing or they're using some other software that they might want to port over. Uh, mm -hmm. How do you, you know, what kind of offer do you have for people uh, to try out the software? Yeah, so right now we're, um, we're in what we call advanced beta. So we're not doing any free trials. When we do the free trials, we're going to have a tiered structure. So based on your you know, the number of orders, it will be more expensive for you if you have a larger business and as your business grows. Right now we have um, a price for of $79 a month for life and that's locked in. Mm. And that means that even as your business grows or even if you have a huge business where you would normally pay say $400 a month, you would only be paying that $79 a month. Uh, and as the features grow, you would still get those features not that's not going to be the same thing for you know when we do open up the free and uh the free version sure and and that's amazing guys so if you want to lock this in guys go to sostock.com 79 bucks uh and i do have to say the more advanced like super advanced crazy ones i believe we did a demo with seller cloud and we got a quote from them we were not even selling a lot i think that year maybe we did uh two million or, or even one and a half maybe that year and the quote was something like $10,000 a month. Oh, wow. Software, uh, Seller Cloud. So if you're not familiar with them, you might check it out. I don't know why, like, the, the the interface was not beautiful. It did have some cool little things. And I was like, okay, cool. And then they're like $10,000 a month. I was like, holy <laughs> crap. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not even taking $10,000 a month. Like, what are you talking about? I can't, like, so um, Seller Cloud is quite expensive. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of feedback. I don't know people who use it. I just, I don't even know how I found them. Anyway, the point is guys, 79 bucks a month. You can come in right now, be locked in. And then later on, who knows? Sell stock might be $10,000 a month for some users. It, de it definitely might be. Again, I'm not saying you're planning that, but as features grow, the kind of inventory management stuff, there are some yeah. softwares that charge like an arm and a leg. So uh, if you want some locked in pricing, guys, you might you might regret it later, Chelsea, uh, for locking them in. But uh, right now, if you go there, you will get that price. Um, or again, that's not my promise. It's Chelsea that she's on air here. Okay, guys. So um, great. Awesome. Cool. So thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate these little nuggets. Uh, yeah. People will not run out of stock. We'll continue to fuel the huge demand for online sales. Uh, yep. Thank you for doing what you're doing because obviously we need it. We need help. And I know you guys are working day and night to assist people with their inventory. So thank you so yep. much for coming on and um, talk to you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me, it's fun.